Bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men, men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, yes, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitorous, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and led captive silly women laden with sin, led away with diverse lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. Now, as James and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resisting the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobates concerning the faith, that they shall not proceed no further, for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, persecution, my affliction, which came unto me at Antioch, at Lystra, the persecution I endure, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and who will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learnt, and has been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learnt them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Let me read that again, verse 16. For all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. It is profitable for reproof. It is profitable for correction. It is profitable for instruction in righteousness. All scriptures that men and women of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnish unto all good works. Amen. All scripture is given unto us by the inspiration of God. And I have noted, as some of you may have taken note of as well, how the word of God amidst all that is happening around us, the word of God has been diluted and watered down and questioned berated by some. The word of God is the foundation upon which your and my faith is to be established on. 
And we have an enemy of our soul who is constantly seeking to diminish the importance of God's word in the lives of his people. Prayer is important. It is your and my way of communicating and communing with our Father through our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. But the Word of God, the Word of God is the foundation upon which our faith is established. The Word of God is the hiding place that God has given for you and me to find security and rest in. It's the Word of God. Heaven and earth, the scripture reminds us, will pass away, but the word of God shall endure. And the word of God is what has been coming under increasingly so attacks from all angles. I want to encourage us this afternoon, along with our prayers, to make sure that you and I are anchored in the word of God, anchored in God's word. The word of God comes to young Timothy, reminding him of the importance of God's word. Now, I hope you noted with me, as we read, as Paul gives us some insight into what his experience has been like, what he has been enduring as, as a servant of the Lord, he who has come to faith. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Now, there are those who will remind us that they've always been talk of the last days. Yes, they have been. And they will continue to be until the culmination of all things. Thanks be to God that the last set of last days that were being proclaimed, that Christ did not put in his appearance then. Had he done so, many, many would have been left out. So aren't you encouraged that the last days have been seemingly extended to this very present day wherein you and I live, that you and I can be a herald even to loved ones and to friends and to colleagues, that now is the time of salvation. Now is the time for men to make it right with God through Christ, for these are the last days in which we live. Men are lovers of their own selves. They are covetous, coveting that which is not their own, boasters and proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Oh, yes, we see this pattern. So many would be able to reverse back to the time of, in history when such behavior patterns were also prevalent. They were prevalent then, they're prevalent now, but I can assure you that we're closer to his return than when we first came to faith. We're closer to his return as to those who have heard this some 40, 50, even 70 years ago. Men are lovers of themselves more than lovers of God. Verse 7 says that they're ever learning and never being able to come to the knowledge of the truth. In reference to who withstood Moses and who resisted the truth, there were corrupt men, corrupt in mind. There were reprobates as it pertains to the faith. And as you Google, you would be amazed as to what is being propagated out there as it pertains to this faith that you and I so dearly embrace and cherish. Yes, my sisters and brothers, 
That's why your voice and your prayer is ever so needed in this hour in which we live. For the word of God is on the fierce attack. How is it in your life as we make this personal? How are you standing as it pertains to God's word? Now, so many would say, I believe the word of God. I cherish the word of God. I hold fast to the word of God. And if that is so, then this question should not be a difficult one for any of us to answer. And the question is, how much time are we spending in God's word? How much time have you how much time am I spending reading the Word, listening to the Word? But the Word of God, just reading the Word of God. Oh, there is a life in that. There is dunamis in that. There is healing in the Word. There is deliverance in the Word, in God's Word, His Word. And as you and I give ourselves to the Word, it will not only... It will not only give us enlightenment into who he is, but it will change us on the inside. You know, as you look into the word, the word looks back into you. The word looks back into me. As we, as we peer into the word, the word peers into us. And a transformation that we cannot explain takes place when we give ourselves to the word of God. You've heard me often uh, um, promote Bible is, B-I-B-L-E-I-S. And one reason why I keep promoting it is because, brothers and sisters, not too many of us sit down for an hour, as folks would do in the coming days, and even to watch sports. They would sit down and watch the blue screen and and in take in a movie and the like, as good as those things are in their rightful places. But not too many of us sit down and would read the word for an hour. Some of us would say, my eyes burn. I stumble in some words here and it kind of frustrate me, others may say. But my sisters and brothers, in this age of technology wherein God has allowed you and I to be alive, we can have the word read to us. Yes, we can put our earpieces in. We can crank up the volume and allow the word of God to be read to us. Here we are in this 11th month in this year. I want to encourage you, my sisters and brothers. I encourage myself. Let us give ourselves to the hearing of God's word. Because in light of what is before us, it's going to require faith, your faith and mine, to be able to stand. And the Bible says, having, having done all, we are to stand. But if you're not standing in faith, you are going to give up. If you're not standing in faith, you and I will find ourselves being despondent. God would have us to find our stand in his word. How is it with you? We want to make sure that with our prayers is the hearing of the word so that when we give ourselves to prayer, we will be praying back what the word says. It led me to reflect on the scripture text that reminds us of our need to be rooted in God's word. God says, if you abide in me and you allow my word to abide in you, you can ask what you will and it will be given unto you. The word of God must abide in us. There is no substitute, my sisters and brothers, for God's word and the place for being in the word in your life and in mine. Our prayer times are essential and we must not diminish that, but our prayer times must not take the place of God's word. 
Listening to a sermon must not take the place of God's word. You have a place at God's table, and he wants you to draw up that chair and sit down. Holy Spirit wants to impart his truth to you so that you can grow and flourish in the things of God. But you cannot do so apart from the word. I cannot do so apart from the word. Your hiding place, my hiding place, our hiding place is found where? Come on, it's found in the word, in the word of God. As the servant of the Lord here reflected as he wrote Paul to Timothy, he said, I experience persecution. He says here in the 10th verse, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. You have fully known my manner of life. You know of my purpose and my fate. You know of my long-suffering and my charity, my love. You know of my patience. Here, what a testimony. He has so demonstrated his, uh, his walk with God uh, that he can allude to it as he writes to young Timothy and to those in that region. He says, this has been and is my life. But picking up in the 11th verse, as you see it there before you in your Bibles or on the monitor, he says, I was, however, persecuted. I've gone through persecution and affliction. Yes, I, the servant of the Lord, I, Paul, yes, I, the lover of the Lord, have experienced persecution, afflictions. They came to me when I was at Antioch, yes, and Iconium. They came to me in Lystra. What persecution I, what? I endure what persecution I endure. That's why it's important for us to, to be also in God's word because we're able to see imageries of how the men and women of God has been kept by God amidst what they have been exposed to and were called to endure. And were called to endure. So many have given up on the Lord when testings come, when trials come. Had they been in the word of God, I'm sure they would have been able to note how men and women of God also went through some difficult times and how the Lord delivered them out of them all. And you have to know that for yourselves. And you and I will know that for ourselves when we are in God's word. It's the spirit, the Holy Spirit, who quickens that to your spirit as you read it, as he prepares us for what is to come. So this has been a very difficult and trying week for some of you. Challenges. I've experienced some myself, but I'm not going to give up, nor will you, because we have read within the text. We have read the love letter that the Father has availed to us, and we have come to understand that we are not to Think it strange when the fiery trials of life will come our way. Think it not strange. God has not forgotten us. No, you have not necessarily sinned. It's not karma. It's not being paid back. Oh, no, 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 no. You and I are in Christ Jesus. And if you are not in Christ Jesus, then today is the wonderful opportunity for you to open your hearts and accept him as your Savior and Lord so you too can claim to be a part of the family of God. Yes, verse 12, all that will live godly. Here it is now. It includes you and me. If you and I would choose to live godly. It is now wonderful to be able to see it for yourselves in the page of God's word. 
Because the tendency for the flesh and for the lying devil is to make us feel that those difficult times will only come to people who are, who are enemies of the cross. Those difficult times will only come to those who are haters of God. And so oftentimes when young Christians and even some older ones look at the heathens, look at those who don't even want to consider God or would not even lift their voice to give him thanks, we look at them seemingly prospering with silver and gold with things that will perish. We have a tendency when we look across the fence and when we look across the hall on the places of work and we see those in those executive positions, the tendency is to feel, how is that one blessed? And you know that that one is not living right and that one is not living right and yet they seem to have no cares of the world. But then you look at those like yourselves who would clap their hands and shout the praises, who would seek to walk the narrow path, who would seek to be careful with what they say and how they live. And yet we often seem to be the ones who are experiencing challenges of life. We are often seems to be the ones who are in need, often seems to be the one who have to open our hands and stretch it out to receive. My brothers and sisters, yes, we often have to stretch our hands out to receive. But may I remind you that our hands must never really be be stretched out to man. We stretch our hands out to God and we look to him as our provider. And yes, he will choose to use people. He will choose to use mortal men and women to give in to your lives. But we're not looking unto men. We're looking unto, unto the Lord. The apostle says, I've gone through those difficult times. He says, but evil men and seducers, they shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, and how we are seeing it in a more evident manner in the day in which we live. But the apostle said, but you know that from, that from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures. And many of us can attest that, yes, from a child we have been exposed to the Word of God. From a child we have been hearing the things of God and the Word of God from Sunday school times and uh, being in your various homes where you were brought up. And yes, some of you may not have had that experience, but thanks be to God here as an adult, you have expose yourself to be under the hearing of the word of God as you are right here right now whether you are in this virtual room presently or whether you will be hearing a recording of the message you are exposed now presently to the word of God and the word of God is coming to you and is declaring over your life that as you would open your heart to Christ he is declaring there is therefore now no condemnation to you daughter to you young son come to me if you're laboring and heavy laden, come to me and God would give you rest. His invitation is calling you to come. He's saying, come to me. Come just as you are. Come in your broken state. Come in your failures. Come in your sinful state. Come and experience the love of the Father, God, through the Son, Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit draws you. He woos you to come, to come. The scriptures you have known. In the 16th verse, I like to camp out for a bit here. All scriptures, not some, but all. I know we have our favorites. I have mine too. We have the ones that we readily go to, the ones that you know by memory. Even the book of Nahum and some of those in the Old Testament that you have shied away from. All scriptures, the entire 66 canon of the text, all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God. 
Yes, mortal men God had used, but it came through the inspiration of God. And if we are not careful, when our sin want to raise its ugly head, the justification can readily come to justify doing that which is contrary to the word of God. Haven't we not seen in our day of new commentaries coming out? Men are seeking in this 21st century to give their commentary on what saith the word of God but the unadulterated word of God has one author and that is the person God himself the Holy Spirit the interpreter of the word of God and you and you my sister and brothers you God is calling to have an audience with you so that he can impart to you what his word is saying so that you do not be swayed back and forth by every strange doctrine that is being propping up around about us, seeking to draw us away from the truth of God's word. Yes, my sisters and brothers, your anchor and mine must be in the word of God. Can you say it with me, the 16th verse, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and all scriptures are profitable for doctrine It is profitable for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. And if you and I are not allowing ourselves to be exposed to the reproof of God's word, to the correction that the word of God brings, to the instruction in righteousness that the word of God is bringing to us, if we're not exposing ourselves to that, my sisters and brothers, then we're living contrary to what God would have you and I to live by and to grow and to flourish in. It's the word of God that brings instructions to us. Can we, can we give ourselves to what saith the word of God? So that we can say, I think I may be thinking differently, but the word of God is saying this. What saith the word of God? And have you ever experienced trying to share with others what the Word of God says? And then when they feel cornered, then they would say, but that's a man's writing anyways. (laughs) It's a man's writing by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. For all scriptures, come on, say it again, all scriptures is given by inspiration of God. And all scripture is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness, so that you and I, the woman and man of God, may be perfect, so that you and I may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. My sisters and brothers, we will not be thoroughly furnished unto all good works if we are not exposing ourselves to the Word of God, to all the Word of God has to say to us, more so at this time in our walk with Him. Bless the name of the Lord. All scriptures. It's the foundation of our faith. It is that which the evil one would seek to cause you and I to be to be waned off of. So many Christian books, as we can title them, Christian books, have been printed and have been read, have been sold. And more and more, more men and women of God are feeling the urge to write another book, to pen another something pertaining to the word of God. 
And as good as those are in their rightful places, sadly, my sisters and brothers, sadly, there are too many who would read a text and, uh, and forfeit the reading of the Word of God. I look around my study and I have a number of books, several hundred books that I've accumulated through seminary and the like, several hundred, maybe over a thousand books I have around here and booklets. And yes, seminary preparation and schooling does expose us and demand of us at times that we read this text and read that text. I can recall having sometimes to read several texts in one semester, just in one subject area. But sadly, my brothers and sisters, too many go through seminary without being challenged to read the entire canon of Scripture. We pick out a little here and there. The Word of God is where we ought to be anchored. The Word of God is where God would have you and I to draw strength from. The Word of God is our hiding place. The Word of God is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And when we forfeit the giving of ourselves to such, we will be in darkness. We will stumble in darkness. We will stumble in error. Oh, the Word of God. My sisters and brothers, the Word of God. So I'm encouraged further when we come to prayer as we have been doing for the last 34 weeks and hear some of you just break open the text and someone say, I just want to read a few verses from here and I just want to read a few verses from there and to listen to some of you just read the word of God and then stop and that's it. The word speaks for itself. The word is forever living. I said it's forever living. And the devil will have you and I to draw away from it. What to God that we will snack on the word of God. That we will give ourselves for a full, a full course meal from God's word. Because it's so vital.